I think that there are no true failures. There's just more information and more lessons that help inform us in the future. I mean, if you made the right move out of the gate every time, A, I don't think that's possible, and B, I don't think that's where you're in a space to really learn. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. On today's episode of Honest E-Commerce, we talked to Cassia Metter of Cassia Surf about her journey as an e-commerce store owner. Hey, everybody. This is Chase and Annette Grant from Honest E-Commerce here with our guest, Cassia Metter. Uh, she has an amazing story starting from a professional surfing background and then pivoting into entrepreneurship and starting her own brand. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you all. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you and let you tell your story to everyone. Right on. Me too. It's great to share and uh, communicate. And I think it's awesome as an entrepreneur or somebody thinking and and focusing in and around businesses to um, have an opportunity to listen to how other people have started um, working. And you know, obviously having these platforms, it's really an awesome time to start your own business. Absolutely. I mean, I'm doing this for selfish reasons. I love the founder's story. I love talking and connecting with people that are have that entrepreneurial spirit. I always feel uh, myself getting distracted with a cool new idea all the time. And I like... It's fun to me. I really like this. We really want to hear about you know going from a f- professional athlete, a female professional athlete, and then brand owner. So if you want to take us back a little ways to your career, and then now your new career, if you could. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, the ocean is something that spoke to me from an early age. And I started surfing when I was 14 years old. And by, gosh, like 16, 17 years old, I was sponsored by some of the bigger names in the professional surfing world and industry and traveling the world, living my dreams, competing, um, filming amazing video parts and, and stuff like that. And I did so for like 13, 14 years. I was a sponsored athlete and got to really just kind of travel and live my dreams. And As a lot of my time was spent visiting developing nations, searching for amazing waves, I also really saw a lot of people in need. I saw a lot of like the waste from our first world consumerism and how it was really ravaging the waters and and the environment, which I really was so, you know, fueled and inspired by and so grateful to be a part of the ocean. You know, I saw places like the Maldives. Um, when I first visited them back when I was like 16, they're like more pristine. And, you know, as I'm like 28, 29, I'm visiting these places and just, you know, cleaning up beaches for just hours and hours that are filled with trash, pulling out bales of crude oil out of the water as there's these spinner dolphins and just like really feeling earth asking for some mercy from us and the way that we consume and the way that we create and to be more conscious about that. So Back in 2013, I I chose to leave uh, my life of professional surfing and start my own company. 
focus in and around solutions and activations that would potentially and hopefully push the industry and push other people to think in more conscious ways. So in 2014, uh, I spent that whole year kind of incubating my brand. And in 2015, in the um, fall, we launched with our first line. And uh, our first line of wetsuits was created in and around um, the idea of making things that actually were of higher quality and lasted longer. So that was a way that we were able to create the wetsuits in what I felt was a more harmonious way. When you first launched, was that strictly online or were you doing a, you know, direct-to-consumer via e-commerce or were you doing some wholesale to, to stores? We did a little bit of wholesale to stores as kind of like a marketing thing and a, a place for people to go feel our product and, and feel the difference for themselves. So it wasn't the focus of our brand. That said, we did spend you know, more time and energy getting it into some wholesale spots. Um, but really, our focus was really towards driving traffic online. So yeah, we probably at that time did about 60% of our business online and 40% was wholesale. But it was never really a wholesale model that we were after because I felt like that kind of went more towards um, bottom line and trying to hit the bottom line and deal with like kind of wholesale margins. And that was part of the things that were, I felt, contributing to creating things in unconscious ways. Because then you're like competing with the bigger brands that had like bottom lines and then you're like trying to make a superior product and like, where's that kind of dance? Exactly. And you can get... If it's direct to consumer, you can tell your story um, one-on-one and they can they can feel that a lot faster than trying to, to learn it through a wholesaler, for sure. Absolutely. And now I believe like more like 80% of our business even more than that is actually direct to consumer. So we kind of started at like a 60-40 split where 60% was online and now it's more towards like 80 plus percent is online direct. Great. And so that was your first your first launch. Was it a collection or was it just one wetsuit or how did you actually start the brand? It was a whole collection. Uh, I kind of put, you know, put all my cards like, you know, on black, literally, because it was like <laughs> wetsuits. And uh, we just were really focused on making a full collection that was going to last a lot longer and um, had something for everybody, whether they were surfing in Hawaii or they were surfing up in the cold waters of Northern California or somewhere, um, just really to create a full range that could be utilized um, completely and fully. And it was hard, you know, we were more of like a boutique line at that time. And it was really hard to get um, things produced in the way that we wanted to or, or how we wanted to with, with, you know, the MOQs where we wanted them. Mm-hmm. So we had to produce a little bit more, but we really just made sure they were the highest quality. And our, our prices were a lot uh, more than a lot of the brands out there. So it was challenging in that aspect. But you know, the more and more people used our product, they just could feel and notice the difference and our wetsuits would last so much longer. And we also weren't trying to stay within the the model of companies coming out with a new line every season or even every year. If you make a good wetsuit, it should last for a while. So it was about making like a really good line that would last for a while and give people a chance to really feel it. So yeah, that's that's kind of also where we were not just making more and more stuff to kind of satisfy a seasonal uh, want and need from stores. 
For those that are unaware, you know, the, those of us that have never surfed, myself included, what does <laughs> uh, what does like the typical wetsuit life cycle look like? And then what does your wetsuit's life cycle look like? What's the, you know, that value proposition there? How much longer does it last? Well, yeah. So, um, you know, me, when I was, you know, surfing in my heyday, surfing two or three times a day, a wetsuit would last me about two months Whoa. and then start falling apart. Yeah. Because you're also thinking it's not a fashion piece at all. It's actually a technical piece that you're wearing in salt water. So it's something that, you know, and, and all these brands are, are making them come out every season. <laughs> so, you know, you have t- two or three collections a year. Um, sometimes a holiday collection on top of it. And and they're literally built to break. I would even have some wetsuits that I'd wear like six times and they would start busting out. You know, and sometimes it's factory defaults, but they definitely were made out of like the cheapest materials in just the quickest way that we're going to fall. And our wetsuits last like, I mean, I have some of my first samples that are still rocking solid and keeping oh, nice. me warm. It's like three years later, four years later. That's awesome. Were you the technical designer? On the product, yes. or do you have to hire some? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was like the technical designer, and I, I was lucky to work with somebody uh, that has been making tech packs for wetsuits and, and speaks the wetsuit you know, world. So we have a great working relationship, and, and we work together on that um, in every which way. But I used to design wetsuits for the big company I work with, which was Roxy. Oh, so wow. I had my own collection with them for eight seasons. So I was really aware also of like how things were created and also how they they were falling apart. So it's like I really learned what I didn't want to do from that. And then I took all those lessons and brought it into my brand. Yeah. I mean, you saw an opportunity in the marketplace and capitalized on it. That's Entrepreneurship 101 right there. Uh, so that's, that's amazing. So I, I kind of want to ask a question now. What parallels do you find between your... I, I hate referring it to old life and new life, but uh, it, you know, from being a professional surfer to now being a business owner and an entrepreneur, what parallels do you find in how you approach things? I think with courage, you know, you meet the ocean and you meet business and those um, kind of vast expanses of the unknown with courage um, and with you know that that kind of where you follow your instinct. So, and also perseverance. It's not easy. I was told no so many times. Um, you know, just like the ocean will sometimes choose whether it wants to let you out or not. If the waves are really big and it's a challenging day, you have to have a lot of courage to get back out there. It's also really important to listen to your instincts. Like, hey, some days the ocean isn't for me. So what is my instinct telling me? And like being guided by that and allowed to be guided by that. So I think there's like a delicate balance between the two and also patience. I mean, you're sitting out there waiting for all the conditions to come together to give you an optimal opportunity um, to ride perfect waves, just like with business. There is a little bit of patience that comes with that. And so I think those kind of lessons I learned from the ocean and I learned from water, which is just such a powerful element, um, you know, taught me a lot about entrepreneurship and believing in myself taking patience, you know, following my instinct and and being courageous um, and persistent. Definitely persistence is huge to have as an entrepreneur, especially when you're working with yourself uh, and you don't really have partners and stuff like that to bounce ideas off of. That's where intuition really guides you. And, and also the willingness to fall, the willingness to what some people call as fail, 
Um, I think that there are no true failures. There's just more information and more lessons that help inform us in the future. I mean, if you made the right move out of the gate every time, A, I don't think that's possible. And B, I don't think that's where you're in a space to really learn in the full capacity. So, I mean, I I made a lot of what were called mistakes and or failures, and they were just different lessons that really helped to inform me in my decision-making process now. So yeah, I'm grateful for all those times and all those lessons. And and it's hard. It's so not easy starting your own company. And at the same time, it's very liberating. It's like surfing. It is really not easy to learn. It takes a lifetime. You never really learn. You're constantly learning, which I feel like is being an entrepreneur. And it's really exciting. That's amazing. Um, do you all right? So going back to some of those failures, and you know, uh, I like to call them failing forward. At least you made a decision, right? And at least you're trying something and putting yourself out there. Do you have any, you know, times uh, growth opportunities we can call them that you could share with the audience of things that uh, you know helped you grow as a business? But uh, when it happened, it you know it might have been a failure or an opportunity to grow. Absolutely. There's there's a couple really huge ones that stand out to me. And I think one of them is that I wanted to come out with one of every piece and have a full collection right out of the gate. Um, and I think I invested all my capital into that and, and all the capital I had that I invested into that. Looking back in hindsight, I wish that I would have done three pieces really well mm-hmm. and then start to grow from there. But mm-hmm. I wanted to come out like strong and solid right out of the gate. And that was where like a little bit of my stubbornness and and not knowing, you know, I I wish I would have done that differently because it would have allowed me a little bit more space to grow organically and not be so stressed. So that's something for sure. Yeah, doing doing one thing extremely well is the the best advice I have for anyone in any business. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just do that one thing really well and you'll see results. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That was like definitely the number one for sure, Chase. Like, and Annette, like that was like so profound to learn, you know, having looked back. But but you were in fashion. And so fashion is always about collections. They're really big on that. Like you're not doing it unless you're doing a full collection. So that's you probably felt that pressure from from that side. With who you were, yeah. Who you were potentially competing against. So understand that. And then you were, let's talk about that a little bit. Were you the sole, you're the sole investor of the company? Do you have, um, talk us through that? Because that's always an interesting part. I think for everybody, they want to know like, how are things funded? If, if you can speak to us about that. Yeah, I pretty much just had my life savings that I saved up through my surfing time. And I just put it all into my company. And that's where like, I think it would have been smarter for me looking back putting a little like less into a tighter collection rather than trying to make one of everything and compete with like the bigger fashion houses, you know, and and it was gnarly because I literally put everything I had, like, uh, you know, like I I work with that gambling term again, like put it all on black because I believed in it and I I still believe in it. Um, That said, I could have been more and I am now more conscious about how I spend money and, and what I spend it on. And okay, we're, you know, pausing in different ways. And and it's gnarly. I didn't take partners at the start when people wanted to work with me um, because I really, we weren't aligned with our intentions. And I really did not leave working with a big company to dilute my intentions. And I also think that I was really trying to define who we were as a brand through that. So I'm grateful I didn't take that money. And, and now I'm at a place to kind of like be more 
we're solid in who we are. And then also, I think uh, the world necessarily wasn't as ready for us at that time. When I, we first launched a few years ago, people didn't care as much how things were created. Where in the last like two years, people have really started to care a lot more about how things were created and really put more of a value on that and accepted that. We're coming out of the surf world. Everything was like fast fashion based and really created for people, you know, and like the youth culture to just buy more and more and more at a cheap price. So now things are adjusting and it's a different kind of time and space. But, you know, that was definitely hard to say. Um, no to investment money when it came up a couple of times. But also just again, like keeping that kind of like intuitive knowingness and believing in myself through it all and believing in the project. And so how how important is, is social media in telling that story for your brand? Oh, it's everything. Social media is really everything because it's free marketing. And you're able to reach so many people across the world at a push of a button. And for an e-commerce brand to be successful. I think we're getting like right now, like 90% of our referrals through social media. And that's awesome to understand and know that data, you know? Is that Instagram or what's your, what's your, what's the the best platform for you right now? Instagram is the best platform for us um, in working, you know, with our, with our online, um, you know, and then obviously we work with Shopify. So that's really awesome because it gives us that data. And the information, which is fantastic to help us track these things. We are also using MailChimp to send out uh, direct customer emails. And a lot of the collaborations that we do with the different brands and the giveaways have really helped us grow our email list. And we don't bombard people with emails all the time. It's really we're speaking about things that we believe in at rad times and giving people discounts or collaborations and all that kind of stuff. So We try to keep those um, emails to a minimum and when people get them in their inbox, like have them be very impactful. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms. So setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand, US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. Now, as a certified Shopify nerd, I have to ask the question, (laughs) uh, were were you on Shopify from the get-go? Did you try something else before that? We were on Shopify from the get-go. Oh, you lucky. Yeah, (laughs) we got really lucky. And and that was where our back-end 3PO, our warehouse and and management service in that way, really helped guide us in in the right way. They, you know, told us the pros and cons of like the different platforms. And it was just really no question to us. Like Shopify was the way to go from the the start. So those two things that you just touched on, um, like Shopify and your third-party logistics company... Who was that just you learning out of the gate? Those are very mature business decisions that sometimes people take a really long time to to understand to outsource that stuff and what the superior like 
Shopify being a superior platform and bringing in, you know, a shipping expert also. Was that something that you researched a lot or was that, um, you know, was, did someone consult with you on that? Those, those are amazing ways to start the brand. So who, who helped with that? Yeah, that was like um, a little bit of intuition, you know. I knew that to start a company without partners, we would need like I couldn't spend my time running to the post office, so we <laughs> needed somebody. A, we also needed a warehouse and fulfillment center, you know, to to handle all that stuff for us to really be able to do it on a shoestring budget with very little um, physical help. That was the only way that we were going to do it correctly. And I happen to know a gentleman who has um, a fulfillment center called Free My Store. And you great know, name, great name for him. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's super awesome. And and really, you know, he came from working just like I came from working with bigger brands. He came from working with bigger fulfillment centers. And he saw where they weren't doing things in the right way or the most efficient way and how the whole state of the market was changing. And within that, it was something that kind of like he started his own thing. So I really identified with him in that way. And he was just a wealth of knowledge. So it was him that really, you know, pushed me towards working with Shopify. And it was just easy. I mean, just him calling out the the few things that were supportive and made it super easy. And then also me doing a little bit of research based on what he called out. It was just really a no-brainer in working with Shopify. And it was also a no-brainer in working with him because he was seeing the holes that needed to be filled filled through direct experience and learning and adaptation, which I felt like was aligned with what we wanted to work with um, in starting our brand. So we were just like aligned with intentions and it just made all the sense in the world to work with him. And and it's gnarly because I think like also starting your own business, like those companies take a big portion. It's like kind of somewhere in between like direct that money in your pocket and also wholesale. It's somewhere in between that. So to be able to know that you're giving that percentage away, but what are you gaining from it? You're gaining time and experience. And those things are invaluable, especially when you're an entrepreneur in the first few years of starting your business. No, that I, I hope everyone listening, if they're trying to, to get started, that the, those two components that you just talked about are really key because it, it frees up. Like you said, you're not trying to rush to the post office at the end of the day. You know, you can actually focus on the things that are important and differentiate your brand instead of just, you know, busying yourself and hustling and grinding until you can't, you know, <laughs> take care of your customers. And that third party logistics, they're there. That's what they do all day, every day is make sure that they're fulfilling the orders, you know, for, for that customer, for that end user. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And and at the end of the day, we're just starting to gain customers. So the last thing we want to do is ship something late or not have a good return policy. Luckily, we, we've, in the few years we've been in business, we've had, I think, like no returns and a couple factories, like really just like slim returns. And, and we haven't had to use the customer service much, but even with our like you know, wetsuit recycling program and sending people out shipping labels and like pulling in their wetsuits and, and sending them back like discount codes, like all those little things take so much time. So it's really invaluable, you know, to have that back end fulfillment. And that's where if like, you know, I feel like if you're looking at bottom line, like if I had an investor at that point, they would have told me and, and the ones that were trying to come in were trying to tell me like, get rid of the back end fulfillment. Like you don't need these guys are taking so much a percentage, but it's like, 
these guys are invaluable to have the business grow in an integral way mm-hmm. and have our customers want to come back because they're getting their items shipped within a day or two. You know, it's like they have, we have great customer service. You know, if anybody needs to exchange something for a size, we have great like communication on all fronts. And, and that is what also, you know, obviously having superior product that people love to wear and works great and looks great. And then also having good customer service. Those are the things that really make your brand. Absolutely. And like, you don't need to be spending your time actually, you're, you shouldn't be running a warehouse. You're actually, you know, creating a brand. So that's where you were able to see past those initial first margins, you know, that a lot of people get sucked into of why, why would I pay someone else to do that? But if you're going to grow the brand, you need to have those, uh, those partners in place. Before I always, it grows. yeah, I always say focus on what you're innately good at. Uh, I, you are amazing at building these sustainable wetsuits. You know, I think let other people that are good at running warehouses run the warehouse for you. Uh, you know, the the time and knowledge that it's going to be spent trying to learn a skill that you know you're not innately good at is wasted time and energy when you should be focusing on a superior product. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And yeah, it's like, it takes long enough to do like a dedicated Instagram post, you know, and if you're trying to keep your creative juices flowing, handling all the tactical matters takes away from that for sure. And then too, it's like, you know, it's, it's about co-creation. I really love working with people because then they bring their value. He brought his knowledge and steered me in the right direction and working with Shopify and, you know, and also other things, things that he learned from working with the brand. So that kind of information is invaluable. And I think teamwork's invaluable. It's like I always equated it to kind of like, I can only go so far paddling a canoe, but we're, if we're all in a sailboat and everybody has the things like you pointed out that you're good at, then we're able to like everywhere is possible. So I think that's the thing. I'd rather be in community and working together towards a bigger goal than just kind of like going as far as I can in a little canoe. Upriver, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think you also, you know, you've just um, multiple times throughout the interview talked about collaboration, whether it's collaborating with other brands, collaborating with other companies. I mean, that's the that's a type of thing that there's enough for everybody out there, and that collaborative part, that's where you don't get siloed and like sitting in your office all by yourself every day. That's that helps to keep your creativity flowing, also, I believe. So that's that's that thing where not being like that lone genius out there, you know, trying to build the brand on your own. Um, it, it's it's extremely wise. But I think another I, I want to let our listeners know also. I think something from a brand that's predominantly online, you're doing something um, experiential that helps people to understand and touch and feel the brand. So do you want to talk about the um, the retreats that you're also offering that are also collaborating with your brand? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk about that. Yeah, we've done a couple collections now and we have a a couple of wonderful collaborations that have come out that I'm super excited about and more in the pipeline. And right now we're just really focusing on connecting with our customers and connecting with the people out there. You know, because yeah, we have dedicated followers. We have all these people checking out our, our, you know, online store and stuff like that. But like, how do we have and create real tactical experiences for people with people and really connect? And that's where, you know, this year we're focusing on kind of chilling out production wise and getting back out there with the people. And we're focusing on these four retreats this year. And they're going to be all elementally based. We're doing one uh, in Costa Rica 
with these people at Tribe Wire that's going to be like the fire element. I'm doing another one in Sayulita that's a smaller, uh, smaller retreat with like only 15 guests. And that's actually like the beginning of January that's going to be super awesome that I'm really looking forward to. And it's just bringing together people in and around surfing, yoga, healthy lifestyle rituals. And um, I also work with sound. I'm a holographic sound practitioner and it's something I've been doing for seven years now. Um, So it's like an opportunity for me to bring together all the modalities and practices that I work with every day in my life um, to the community of, you know, fellow mermaids and sea creatures that love the ocean (laughs) and are fans of the brand and, and a place where we can share together, learn together, grow together. And then also, you know, give people um, just new skills and rituals that they can take back and infuse and enrich their everyday lives. So I'm really excited about that. The first one is going to be uh, January, the beginning of January, then late February, early March, we're doing Costa Rica. And people can find out more about those retreats on our Instagram and stuff like that. And we also, if they sign up for our newsletters, we send out the newsletters for our brand through that. I'm just like excited. It's going to be so fun connecting with people. I love connecting with people. And connecting with people in the water. Will you be there at every retreat? Is that the goal? Yeah, I'll oh, be there at okay. every retreat. I'll okay. be actually leading the sound baths. And we're going to be partnering with different yoga uh, masters to be teaching the yoga. Okay. We'll also be teaching personally some some light like meditation and breathwork exercises. Um, and then also each retreat, it's going to have different new, unique little pieces attributed to it. And we're going to be doing beach cleanup. So giving people opportunities, like every place we go, we want to leave more beautiful than we found it. So we'll be doing little beach cleanups every day that just feels really good. And that's something people can take home with them and do in and around their beaches and waterways. Um, I'm also on the board for like Surfrider Foundation and Five Guyers and all these ocean conservation, you know, projects and organizations. So I just also... It's basically like me hanging out with people and and bringing like the things and practices in my everyday life to them that are like what keep me creative, keep me flowing, keep me uh, moving and keep my body, mind and spirit light and agile and, and available for anything that comes our way in the water and out of the water. And so that's a key component too. Just you're running your business, but if you didn't have, you know, Shopify platform or your 3PL, you wouldn't be able to go on these retreats and you know continue to to spread the brand that way and enjoy part of you know what makes it great to be an entrepreneur and be able to to go out with your customer and and be there one on one with them. Oh yeah, no, that's like invaluable. Just being able to spend that dedicated time and having the support of these backend systems to keep everything functioning while I'm gone is is huge. And then also my assistant, Rachel, she handles our kind of wholesale orders and stuff like that. And if it wasn't for her, it's just me and her and I only have her two days a week, but we're really able to handle a lot together and focus our energies. So, you know, those couple of pieces really help it all continue to move forward in such a cool way. It's probably a good time for us to wrap up, but let's talk about, is there, besides the retreat, is there any like, Thing that's huge on your goal list for 2019 for, for the brand? I mean, 2019 for the brand, the biggest thing for us is just reconnecting with our customers. Um, you know, and we have, a, like I said, a lot, a, a really cool larger collaboration coming out uh, spring, summer 19, and another one in the works for spring, summer 20. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of where our focus lies right now is just taking a moment to pause and in that pause connecting 
and keeping everything moving in the highest vibe way. And if you want to, can you uh, let our listeners know the best place to keep up, keep up with your brand? Definitely follow us on Instagram, cassiasurf.com, K-A-S-S-I-A-S-U-R-F.com. Or if you want to check out our website, sign up for our mailing list. Uh, we definitely will not bombard you. We'll just give you a one-up on all the cool stuff we have going on or any sales and promotion. And that's uh, www.cassiasurf.com, K-A-S-S-I-A-S-U-R-F.com. Please follow and support us because without you, the customers, uh, we can only do so much. So yeah, thank you everybody for listening. And for any you know fellow entrepreneurs out there, there's no one way to do anything right. And now I think we live in a time where everything's possible. And there's so many supportive tools to help you live your dreams and, and put them out into the world. So just believe in yourself. Don't be scared to fail. And, um, you know, help co-create like a new reality for everybody. I think that's what it's about. So I'm just grateful for podcasts like this that are out there and, and helping to support people. So thank you for all you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, You've been such a you. huge inspiration. We're like, you kind of like nailed this in the very first run. <laughs> yeah, this has given me... I'm excited for, for all the episodes to come. I feel like this for the first episode ever. This is the best Best one yet. <laughs> and Chase, awesome. Chase and I probably well, want to put on our list of things to do, like get to one of your retreats. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds Please amazing. Come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll have so much fun. The one that we're doing in Costa Rica in, um, at Tribewire is going to be awesome. We're going to have sweat lodges, surfing, yoga, horseback ride. Oh, like, wow. It's just going to be so cool. That so if you amazing. guys want to come, I'll, I'll send you over the link and, and come <laughs> hang out because you'll probably meet other entrepreneurs and people in that space too. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, All right. thank you so much. This was just made my whole afternoon, honestly. It was great. Thank you all so much. And yeah, I look forward to hearing the podcast, spreading the awareness and 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 hearing from more entrepreneurs as y'all continue to grow this. So yeah, and, and we'll keep you in the loop on everything too, when everything's, you know, done and ready to launch. So it'll be, it'll be fun. Awesome. awesome. That is it. Now we're going to... This end part is going to get chopped off of the recording. But, uh, <laughs> okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. I didn't know what to say. So. No, you're now, cool. Now you can use cuss words all you want. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, sweet. you were like, wow. That's all I have to say. I'm like really inspired now. That was good. Good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you all so, so much for taking the time. And I'm super stoked and definitely going to get all the... Um, I know I didn't prepare these before. I just got back late last night. Um, but like, you know, we already went through some of that, but I'm going to chew over the headshot and the bio and all that cool. kind of yep. stuff. Yep. Yep. We'll Perfect. make sure to share that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Reach out if you need anything from us at all, because we, um, we're always happy to, to help people with anything they need via Shopify. So that's, uh, let us know if you ever need anything. Cool. Thank you so much. We're just about ready. Actually, we're going to set up ad roll for the first time ever. Do you guys think that's a good thing to work with? Uh, what is, well, what's your, what's your goal? That's the, that's the real question. You know, to get more people online and, you know, purchasing product and coming back and stuff like that for more and maybe get, get reaching new customers so what that was, we don't have access to. What, so what was specifically about AdRoll that stood out to you? Um, a friend of ours that had his own business was talking about AdRoll. And, um, you know, he was like, oh, we've definitely seen the most return on that. 
And so that's something that's super good and supportive. So he was kind of like leading us in that direction. And then we're like, okay, so hearing about those positive things. And we haven't done that kind of stuff with like online marketing. So I felt like it was potentially a good way to get into that during the holiday season. Um, Because we're getting into kind of like, you know, Black Friday sales and stuff like that. So we're like, well, maybe just doing like an ad roll during this time and running it through the holidays and Christmas would be something that could be supportive. Yeah, I'm like not... I'm not against Adderall by any means. I just think that there are like, it's kind of like a all inclusive thing. It's, I don't know. It's, I guess I'll just be completely honest. I like Facebook and Instagram ads a lot better, and you can get the same results and usually a higher return on ad spend. Adderall oh really? Just, yeah, Adderall just tries to like oversimplify things, so it really appeals to like to it uh, appeals to the entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Like to where you mm-hmm. don't. It, there's not as much of a learning curve there, but I mean. I'm just on your site now and I don't see the Facebook pixel installed. And then I know you have a mailing list. Like you could kick it, you could knock it out of the park with just like a simple retargeting campaign for your, for your uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales there. Uh, oh, cool. You think just like with uh, Facebook stuff? Yeah. Because that's something that we have and I'm not like great at. And my assistant works with more um, the Facebook, but you think by just kind of targeting Facebook ads and stuff like that, that would be kind of helpful. Well, yeah, doing it the right way. So you've got your email list, right? Already. So you can, most of those are people's personal emails, which is awesome. So you can drop those into Facebook as a custom audience and you can serve them up ads. And since they're already subscribers, they're familiar with your brand, your return on ad spend is going to be pretty high there. Um, I, I would say don't try to get new customers during this this sales period right now. It's like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Just don't even try. Christmas, that's fine. But it's going to... all the like, There's going to be a billion dollars spent on Facebook in the next three weeks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. The, um, the other thing too, within MailChimp, um, do you have like your flow set up in there? Um, or do you just do campaigns? We just do campaigns. Okay. I would get um, some flow set up as far as like uh, you know, welcome when people first purchase, or if um, Chase can she do flows as far as like um, if someone hasn't purchased in like ninety days, is that possible? Uh, I don't know about the automations that they have in Mailchimp. I know they've made them a lot better recently. We're a big fan of another email marketing platform called Clavio. It's it's the same thing, but it comes like it was built for e-commerce out of the box, where Mailchimp was kind of built for everybody. It didn't really have a unique value proposition at the end of the day. Yeah, but uh, okay. But you can like set up about a dozen customized flows and those those Whoa. work. Those yeah. work really well. Like I um Cassia, I have um one of the businesses that I run, it's a physical like it's it's a gym, physical fitness, like it's a weightlifting gym. And oh, cool. um, interestingly enough, like I started setting up flows of just like welcome once somebody purchased or a thank you flow or um, even a return like a customer that hasn't purchased for a long time and I'm already seeing like they're not crazy returns but it's money that I'm making I mean I had to sit down and create the emails one time but you know they're running behind the scenes constantly right now and I'll like check on it weekly I'm like oh I made two hundred dollars on that th- that thank you flow I made four hundred dollars on my welcome flow I made you know X amount of dollars on that person hasn't shopped for me for for a while, but they're just and but and this is new. Like I just started it maybe like ninety days ago, so that's one of those automations where like it's just running in the background, reminding your customer, "Hey, we're here. Thank you." You know, just getting back in their inbox, not on that normal campaign, you know, status. So 
It's, That's it, radical. It, it's really, it's it's really nice. So I would have. Um, I don't know if your assistant is the one um, that's in charge of your email campaigns, but I would have her check out. You know, getting some automated flows set up. Um, you know, with your current customer base. The same, same with the Facebook Pixel for sure. Like I would get that in, um, especially if you're going to see some peak sales during yeah, holiday. Just, the only thing, the only thing that I would say is like unfortunate is that you don't have the Pixel in there now, so you're not collecting information. Even if you're not using it, you just get it in there and collect that information because you can create retargeting audiences based upon people interacting with your website. And if you take it a step further and you tie it together with like your product feed from Shopify, which gets a little more uh, nerdy, but you can like di- do dynamic retargeting so you can show people the exact product that they were looking at. That's awesome. That's crazy. So retargeting. And so basically the pixel for Facebook actually goes into our website. So mm-hmm. that's what's up. Okay, cool. I'm going to hit up our web guy because our, our backend people run our website. Mm-hmm. And that's where like that tech stuff I don't get. So I'm going to hit him up about adding that Facebook pixel in. And it's cool to hear because I was just about to like do the ad roll stuff for the first time. But I think I'm going to focus on exactly what you guys are saying and like, you know, checking out Clavio, but also like looking at those retargeting things for MailChimp. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. 